Chapter Twenty Three of Monsieur Lecoq, Part Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tony Oliva. Monsieur Lecoq by Emile Gaborio, Part Two, Chapter Twenty Three chupin's stupefying revelations and the thought that martial the heir of his name and dukedom should degrade himself so low as to enter into a conspiracy with vulgar peasants drove the duc de sairmeuse nearly wild but the marquis de courtornieu's coolness restored the duc's sang-froid he ran to the barracks and in less than half an hour five hundred foot soldiers and three hundred of the montaignac chasseurs were under arms with these forces at his disposal it would have been easy enough to suppress this movement without the least bloodshed it was only necessary to close the gates of the city it was not with fowling pieces and clubs that these poor peasants could force an entrance into a fortified town but such moderation did not suit a man of the duke's violent temperament a man who was ever longing for struggle and excitement a man whose ambition prompted him to display his zeal he had ordered the gate of the citadel to be left open and had concealed some of his soldiers behind the parapets of the outer fortifications he then stationed himself where he could command a view of the approach to the citadel and deliberately chose his moment for giving the signal to fire still a strange thing happened of four hundred shots fired into a dense crowd of fifteen hundred men only three had hit the mark more humane than their chief nearly all the soldiers had fired in the air but the duke had not time to investigate this strange occurrence now he leaped into the saddle and placing himself at the head of about five hundred men cavalry and infantry he started in pursuit of the fugitives the peasants had the advantage of their pursuers by about twenty minutes poor simple creatures they might easily have made their escape they had only to disperse to scatter but unfortunately the thought never once occurred to the majority of them a few ran across the fields and gained their homes in safety the others frantic and despairing overcome by the strange vertigo that seizes the bravest in moments of panic fled like a flock of frightened sheep fear lent them wings for did they not hear each moment shots fired at the laggards but there was one man who at each of these detonations received as it were his death wound this man was lacheneur he had reached the croix d'arcy just as the firing at montaignac began he listened and waited no discharge of musketry replied to the first fusillade there might have been butchery but combat no lacheneur understood it all and he wished that every ball had pierced his own heart he put spurs to his horse and galloped to the crossroads the place was deserted at the entrance of one of the roads stood the cabriolet which had brought m d'escorval and the abbe at last m lacheneur saw the fugitives approaching in the distance he dashed forward to meet them trying by mingled curses and insults to stay their flight cowards he vociferated traitors you flee and you are ten against one where are you going to your own homes fools you will find the gendarme there only waiting your coming to conduct you to the scaffold 
is it not better to die with your weapons in your hands come right about follow me we may still conquer reinforcements are at hand two thousand men are following me he promised them two thousand men had he promised them ten thousand twenty thousand an army and cannon it would have made no difference not until they reached the wide open space of the crossroads where they had talked so confidently scarcely an hour before did the most intelligent of the throng regain their senses while the others fled in every direction about a hundred of the bravest and most determined of the conspirators gathered around m lacheneur in the little crowd was the abbe gloomy and despondent he had been separated from the baron what had been his fate had he been killed or taken prisoner was it possible that he had made his escape the worthy priest dared not go away he waited hoping that his companion might rejoin him and deemed himself fortunate in finding the carriage still there he was still waiting when the remnant of the column confided to maurice and chanlouineau came up of the five hundred men that composed it on its departure from sairmeuse only fifteen remained including the two retired officers marianne was in the centre of this little party m lacheneur and his friends were trying to decide what course it was best for them to pursue should each man go his way or should they unite and by an obstinate resistance give all their comrades time to reach their homes the voice of chanlouineau put an end to all hesitation i have come to fight he exclaimed and i shall sell my life dearly we will make a stand then cried the others but chanlouineau did not follow them to the spot which they had considered best adapted to the prolonged defence he called maurice and drew him a little aside you monsieur d'escorval he said almost roughly are going to leave here at once i i came here chanlouineau as you did to do my duty your duty monsieur is to serve marianne go at once and take her with you i shall remain said maurice firmly he was going to join his comrades when chanlouineau stopped him you have no right to sacrifice your life here he said quietly your life belongs to the woman who has given herself to you wretch how dare you chanlouineau sadly shook his head what is the use of denying it said he it was so great a temptation that only an angel could have resisted it it was not your fault nor was it hers lacheneur was a bad father there was a day when i wished either to kill myself or to kill you i knew not which ah only once again will you be as near death as you were that day you were scarcely five paces from the muzzle of my gun it was god who stayed my hand by reminding me of her despair now that i am to die as well as lacheneur someone must care for marianne swear that you will marry her you may be involved in some difficulty on account of this affair but i have here the means of saving you a sound of firing interrupted him the soldiers of the duc de sairmeuse were approaching good god exclaimed chanlouineau and marianne they rushed in pursuit of her and maurice was the first to discover her standing in the centre of the open space clinging to the neck of her father's horse he took her in his arms trying to drag her away come said he come but she refused leave me leave me she entreated but all is lost yes i know that all is lost even honour leave me here i must remain i must die and thus hide my shame i must it shall be so just then chanlouineau appeared 
had he divined the secret of her resistance perhaps but without uttering a word he lifted her in his strong arms as if she had been a child and bore her to the carriage guarded by abbe midon get in he said addressing the priest and quick take mademoiselle lacheneur now maurice in your turn but already the duke's soldiers were masters of the field seeing a group in the shadow at a little distance they rushed to the spot the heroic chanlouineau seized his gun and brandishing it like a club held the enemy at bay giving maurice time to spring into the carriage catch the reins and start the horse off at a gallop all the cowardice and all the heroism displayed on that terrible night will never be really known two minutes after the departure of marianne and of maurice chanlouineau was still battling with the foe a dozen or more soldiers were in front of him twenty shots had been fired but not a ball had struck him his enemies always believed him invulnerable surrender cried the soldiers amazed at such valor surrender never never he was truly formidable he brought to the support of his marvellous courage a superhuman strength and agility no one dared come within reach of those brawny arms that revolved with the power and velocity of the sails of a windmill then it was that a soldier confiding his musket to the care of a companion threw himself flat upon his belly and crawling unobserved around behind this obscure hero seized him by the legs he tottered like an oak beneath the blow of the axe struggling furiously but taken at such a disadvantage was thrown to the ground crying as he fell help friends help but no one responded to this appeal at the other end of the open space those upon whom he called had after a desperate struggle yielded the main body of the duke's infantry was near at hand the rebels heard the drums beating the charge they could see the bayonets gleaming in the sunlight lacheneur who had remained in the same spot utterly ignoring the shot that whistled around him felt that his few remaining comrades were about to be exterminated in that supreme moment the whole past was revealed to him as by a flash of lightning he read and judged his own heart hatred had led him to crime he loathed himself for the humiliation which he had imposed upon his daughter he cursed himself for the falsehoods by which he had deceived these brave men for whose death he would be accountable enough blood had flowed he must save those who remained cease firing my friends he commanded retreat they obeyed he could see them scatter in every direction he too could flee was he not mounted upon a gallant steed which would bear him beyond the reach of the enemy but he had sworn that he would not survive defeat maddened with remorse despair sorrow and impotent rage he saw no refuge save in death he had only to wait for it it was fast approaching he preferred to rush to meet it gathering up the reins he dashed the rowels in his steed and alone charged upon the enemy the shock was rude the ranks opened there was a moment of confusion but lacheneur's horse its chest cut open by the bayonets reared beat the air with his hoofs then fell backward burying his rider beneath him and the soldiers marched on not suspecting that beneath the body of the horse the brave rider was struggling to free himself it was half past one in the morning the place was deserted nothing disturbed the silence save the moans of a few wounded men who called upon their comrades for succor 
but before thinking of the wounded monsieur de sairmeuse must decide upon the course which would be most likely to redound to his advantage and to his political glory now that the insurrection had been suppressed it was necessary to exaggerate its magnitude as much as possible in order that his reward should be in proportion to the service supposed to have been rendered some fifteen or twenty rebels had been captured but that was not a sufficient number to give the victory the eclat which he desired he must find more culprits to drag before the provost-marshal or before a military commission he therefore divided his troops into several detachments and sent them in every direction with orders to explore the villages search all isolated houses and arrest all suspected persons his task here having been completed he again recommended the most implacable severity and started on a brisk trot for montaignac he was delighted certainly he blessed as had m de courtornieu these honest and artless conspirators but one fear which he vainly tried to dismiss impaired his satisfaction his son the marquis de sairmeuse was he or was he not implicated in this conspiracy he could not he would not believe it and yet the recollection of chupin's assurance troubled him on the other hand what could have become of martial the servant who had been sent to warn him had he met him was the marquis returning and by which road could it be possible that he had fallen into the hands of the peasants the duke's relief was intense when on returning home after a conference with m de courtornieu he learned that martial had arrived about a quarter of an hour before the marquis went at once to his own room on dismounting from his horse added the servant very well replied the duke i will seek him there before the servants he said very well but secretly he exclaimed abominable impertinence what i am on horseback at the head of my troops my life imperilled and my son goes quietly to bed without even assuring himself of my safety he reached his son's room but found the door closed and locked on the inside he rapped who is there demanded martial it is i open the door martial drew the bolt m de sairmeuse entered but the sight that met his gaze made him tremble upon the table was a basin of blood and martial with chest bared was bathing a large wound in his right breast you have been fighting exclaimed the duke in a husky voice yes oh then you were indeed i was where what at the convocation of these miserable peasants who in their parricidal folly have dared to dream of the overthrow of the best of princes martial's face betrayed successively profound surprise and a more violent desire to laugh i think you must be jesting monsieur he replied the young man's words and manner reassured the duke a little without entirely dissipating his suspicions then these vile rascals attacked you he exclaimed not at all i have been simply obliged to fight a duel with whom name the scoundrel who has dared to insult you a faint flush tinged martial's cheek but it was in his usual careless tone that he replied upon my word no i shall not give his name you would trouble him perhaps and i really owe the fellow a debt of gratitude it happened upon the highway he might have assassinated me without ceremony but he offered me open combat besides 
he was wounded far more severely than i all m de sairmeuse's doubts had returned and why instead of summoning a physician are you attempting to dress this wound yourself because it is a mere trifle and because i wish to keep it a secret the duke shook his head all this is scarcely plausible he remarked especially after the assurance of your complicity which i have received ah said he and from whom from your spy-in-chief no doubt that rascal chupin it surprises me to see that you can hesitate for a moment between the word of your son and the stories of such a wretch do not speak ill of chupin marquis he is a very useful man had it not been for him we should have been taken unawares it was through him that i learned of this vast conspiracy organized by lacheneur what is it lacheneur who is at the head of the movement yes marquis ah your usual discernment has failed you in this instance what you have been a constant visitor at this house and you have suspected nothing and you contemplate a diplomatic career but this is not all you know now for what purpose the money which you so lavishly bestowed upon them has been employed they have used it to purchase guns powder and ammunition the duke had become satisfied of the injustice of his suspicions but he was now endeavouring to irritate his son it was a fruitless effort martial knew very well that he had been duped but he did not think of resenting it if lacheneur has been captured he thought if he should be condemned to death and if i should save him marianne would refuse me nothing End of chapter twenty three recording by tony oliva albuquerque